Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As entrepreneurs, a lot of times I've learned that we are our own biggest hurdle. The limiting beliefs, the negative self-talk, to be fully transparent, there's been plenty of times where I have, for those of you watching on YouTube, I've gone and sat in that chair right behind me there and just cried. And I think that I'm not alone with this as I'm in a couple of different masterminds. And this is one of the things that we really don't hear happening on social media. No one wants to talk about sitting in the corner crying, saying, how am I going to be able to play my team? How how am I going to be able to do all of these different things that come with running a business? And a lot of times it's shifting our mindset. So today I'm sitting down with Betsy Holmberg, and she's an award-winning psychologist that actually specializes in negative self-talk and overthinking. She is currently a writer at Psychology Today, but prior to that, she ran the mental health service line at McKinsey and Company and conducted research at Harvard University. And she also received her doctorate from Duke University. So Betsy and I are going to be sitting down talking about negative self-talk, those limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome. And hopefully today's episode, if you're feeling a little stuck right now, it will help you overcome yourself because you are your own biggest hurdle. Betsy, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I am such a fan of you and your work, so thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be. Well, and, and we were talking before I hit record here. You're actually writing for Psychology Today. How awesome is that? It's really fun. It's fun to have a platform where people actually read. I am probably like everyone else with the, all the entrepreneurs that are listening that I struggle with social media and I struggle with trying to build that following myself. So it's amazing to work with something that already has a following. And so I don't have to be the one to figure that out because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> well, and the, the thing is, I'm actually, I'm glad you went there with social media because one thing that I learned uh, when I was first getting started, so for, for those that are regular listeners of the, the show, they, they've heard me say this before, but I made my own biggest mistake when I started my business, which is a social media business. I didn't even have a social media account for the first three years of my business. And so when I got started, I was kind of just stumbling along and it was so frustrating to see a lot of people in my industry sharing like, oh, how I grew 10,000 followers in 10 days and, and all these different things. And I was like, I'm doing that. And I gained like 10 followers in 10 days. And I, I actually had to mute a number of accounts when I was trying to just get my social media strategy in order because I was looking at all these other entrepreneurs and, and I was getting imposter syndrome. I was getting a lot of the self-doubt and I had to mute those people to focus in on my own journey. And I think that that is one of the the common things is is imposter syndrome. It's a very common experience among entrepreneurs. So 
what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are feeling like they, they don't belong or that they're not good enough? So I think my first piece of advice would be that the majority of what people are selling online in terms of, oh, I gained 10,000 followers in two weeks and you can do it too. Most of it's bogus and <laughs> yeah. it's not real. Like, and so I, I wish there were more people out there in the space of like, let, let's be real on what exactly it looks like, because that always makes us feel bad that we're then not achieving whatever that is. And then the second thing is, is where I spend all of my work is that this negative voice in your head, the one that's like, okay, so this person, this shiny person that's online, that says that I can do it so quickly is doing it so quickly and I'm not, therefore I'm bad. That person, that's actually an automatic voice in our head. And it came about hundreds of thousands of years ago, back when we were hunter gatherers. And the point of this voice, which is your internal monologue, is to keep you safe. And it kept you safe back then by keeping you in the clan. Because if you had gotten separated from the clan, you would die. And so all this voice cares about is that you maintain a standing in the clan. And so what it spends all of its time doing is telling you how you're bad. Because its purpose is to try to make you good enough, you know? I mean, and it feels it, that if it doesn't do that, then your life is on the line. So what I like to equate this to is it's like a stress response. Our inner thoughts are literally a stress response. And they're automatic you don't control them. They happen to you. This is what the brain scans show. And secondly, they're all in a crisis mode of survival and trying to keep you safe. And so it is such a hard time to have the hardware of a human brain when on social media, everything looks so glittery, everything looks so perfect. Everyone looks like they're succeeding at these insanely quick levels and making thousands of dollars. And and that you're not. And it's triggering everything in you that makes you feel like you just got kicked out and you're wandering through the woods and you have no idea if you should eat those mushrooms because they're poisonous. So it just puts you right back there and makes you feel so depressed. And the more that we recognize that this is what our beating up self is, then the more we can start to let it go and get back to like, okay, what are the actionable things I can do as an entrepreneur to grow my business in ways that don't make me feel really, you know, insecure. Well, and I love that you highlighted that because it does come back to, I recently had a Sean Q on the podcast and he talked about our brain not being wired the right way for the way that we live our lives right now. Our brain was built for, like you said, like, is this the right mushroom to eat? Am I going to live? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it all comes back to rewiring our brain on, on where we're at with life today. So for those that are listening and they're saying like, yeah, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Can you just define what negative self-talk is and how it directly affects and impacts entrepreneurs specifically? Absolutely. So negative self-talk is, and I'm thinking completely on my own experience here also, is it is any time that you are comparing to someone else, you are labeling yourself or you're labeling someone else, or you are putting bizarrely some measurement, attaching some measurement to your life on like what is really important. So that's very true to nowadays. It's 10,000 followers. It's making $150,000. It's losing five pounds. So anytime you're doing one of those three things, 
or you're saying, I am not like, I'm not successful enough. I'm not educated enough. No one's going to want to listen to me. I mean, you'll start to really get a sense of what this voice says all the time, or she's so much more successful. You know, look at how perfect she looks. I don't, I'm not anything like that. No one's ever going to want to follow me. It's this kind of self-referential talk that is the tribal brain and it is automatic. So this are, these are thoughts that are happening to you. And the more you can see that they're that and that they're not how you actually feel, because I've lived my entire life thinking that's how I felt. So my big thing with imposter syndrome was McKinsey. So I was a PhD in psychology and I come into, you know, this super fabulous consulting firm with all of these business majors. You know, they're all like went to Harvard Business School. And I thought, I don't have the background. I don't have the education to be here. And I am going to shut up because I have no idea like what I offer to the table. And the other thing that kept going on in my head too was like, whoa, like we go and we consult these companies and these people have been working in these industries for 35 years. And like, I am some fresh newbie and I like, what do I have to offer? To, compared to that, right? Like, I, so to me, I don't say anything. And this is my classic tribal brain imposter syndrome saying, like, my role in the clan is to support. So if someone had said, take notes, I would have been the happiest person on the planet. Because it's like, okay, I can take that role. I can take the notes. But the idea of I am supposed to add value to someone who I saw in our tribal hierarchy as more successful and more knowledgeable than me set off every alarm in my brain and it essentially created my imposter syndrome. And I wish I had known this back then because often what we hear is, you know, they want you to bring something different. You're hired to bring something different and say something different. And so there is value in my, in who I was. And yet from a tribal brain perspective, I just saw you know, that me, I was low on the hierarchy. I, sh I don't have a say. I shouldn't say anything. It's too scary to say something. I'll get kicked out. And I wish I hadn't been in that survival mode for as much as I was in those business settings. I wish I had been riskier. It would have been better. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes we're only, especially in a world of social media, we're only seeing the highlight reels. We're not seeing, you know, sure, you, let's say you made a $100,000 with your last launch but she spent $200,000 in ads, you know, so we're not seeing the full picture and people are only showing their highlight reels. So how can entrepreneurs recognize and kind of change the different negative self-talk patterns that might be holding them back from taking that next step with their business? Yes. Yes. So f the first one is to recognize how distorted what everyone is saying is. It's just what you're saying. You know, we're not hearing those other things and people feel that the more successful they look, the more followers they'll get, and therefore they will make the money. And so that's why they're not showing you all of the dirty stuff that's happening, you know, in the background. And so we should never compare ourselves to the other people. Any, all of that comparison is just going to get you nowhere. That's the tribal brain, mm -hmm. right? And the second thing to do is when you feel yourself doing that, when you feel yourself starting to talk to yourself, and it's obviously really negative, it's to focus on something else. And so when it comes to being an entrepreneur, it's to then focus on what is that to-do list? 
or go and do one of the things that you said you needed to do, you know, because when we focus, we actually switch to a completely different thought network in our brain. This was my major aha. I thought all of our thoughts came from the same place that like Einstein, you know, created the theory of relativity. Holy crap, I was totally wrong. So it's this focus part of our brain that's what makes humans truly incredible. And so get to that part. And that's the one that makes goals. That's the one that uh, pays attention to things, whether it's a math problem or a presentation you're working on. So just, be, you know, it's just that constant like, oh, I'm there. I'm in my tribal brain. Get out. What am I going to actually focus my time on? And what's great about that is you choose that, you know, you get to decide that. We don't get to decide what our tribal brain says, but we get to decide what we focus on. I love that. And I, I think that as we're trying to reset our focus, it can sometimes be hard because, man, that tribal brain is strong. There's been so many times where I'm like, why am I thinking this? This isn't right. I know I can do it. And it's overcoming that that limiting belief. And I guess that that tribal brain. The Creator Economy Expo CEX 2023 is back. It's for content creators and entrepreneurs that are interested in building and growing their content first businesses without relying on social platforms. Join over 500 bloggers, podcasters, authors. It is the event for learning and networking for content creators. It's this May 1st through 3rd, 2023 in Cleveland, Ohio, and there's going to be 10 amazing keynote speakers, over 30 in-depth breakout sessions. Some of the speakers that are going to be there are Anne Hanley, Jay Klaus, Wave Wild, Brian Fanzode. It is going to be the event. And as a special offer, you can get $100 off using my coupon code Katie 100 So head over to cex.events to register today. Katie 100 save that 100 bucks, and we'll see you at CEX. What are some common limiting beliefs that entrepreneurs struggle with and how, what is your recommendation on how they can overcome them? Yes. So a big one you hear is the, I'm not smart enough or educated enough. Like people don't feel that they have the right credentials, just like I didn't feel I had the right credentials at McKinsey. And that one, that one is a, is a tricky, it could get so stuck there and a wonderful way to get over the credential one is just to know that your life experience is the most unbelievable education and is so much more powerful than what any institution can give anyone. So, so if, if you're feeling like you don't have the credentials, scrap that you do because you are human and you are on this planet and you have had experiences and those experiences are your credentials and you bring something unique. And obviously, if you have a passion for it, you have this sense that it's going to do something incredible in this world and you follow that passion and you follow that experience. And that is all you need. You yeah. know, I mean, it's funny because I, I think it, a lot of times who I'm most interested in listening to and whose information I want are the people that have messed up the most and are most honest about it and then share it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because the other person that said this that I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly it. I think it was also Elizabeth Gilbert. She may have said it, she may have not. But, you know, it's the ones who have had that life experience that you really want to hear from, mm -hmm. not the person that just took a bunch of courses. You want, you know, you want to know the reality. And so forget the education piece. Um, what are some that you've seen? Like, what do you hear a lot? 
Yeah. And I think that, you know, Betsy, with, with this, it's, it comes down to, it's so much of the, the mirror that you see on social media, uh, or, or not even the mirror, the, the, the highlights that you're seeing on social media. You see people up on stages speaking. You see them, you know, being successful on social and you really, you don't have access to all the failed launches. I know that for me, you know, I try to, to share like, I, I made a huge mistake. I was doing all the things in my business, on my social media, the wrong way when I first started out, because I, I was putting <laughs> myself down. I was putting myself as, as my worst customer. I was doing like, <laughs> you know, super lame social graphics and just super generic. I wasn't showing my face. I didn't even have a social media account for the first three years. I was doing everything the wrong way. This girl doesn't like video. Like, Every single time I go on video, I get really, really nervous. So like going live in a Facebook group takes a lot of courage for me. And I try to share that because I know that I'm not alone in it. I am a millennial. I'm a geriatric millennial. Um, (laughs) So with that geriatric millennial title, I didn't grow up navigating every moment of my day and saying, okay, I'm going to go do this now. And this is the food I'm eating and all these different things. I understand that sometimes it's that, oh, I probably should take a picture of this. I, I, I shared uh, a few months ago when I went to Social Media Marketing World, I was there at a social media conference for three days and I took six pictures. I was, what, what the heck, what's wrong with me? Why I took six <laughs> pictures at a social media conference like that, the, what, but I was so involved with, you know, networking and being, you know, present with people. I didn't even think about it, but I shared a story of, huh, you know what? It happens to the best of us. And I might be out there saying like, we need to have pictures of that. But I understand where that happens. And, you know, you you just have it out of sight, out of mind. And it's, it's sometimes just sharing that we're all human that makes us become more relatable. And I think that a lot of times I was afraid to say that. I was afraid to say that I did mess up with my social media, I was doing generic graphics and, you know, contracting it out and not really paying attention to it because I was focusing on my clients. And I think that I was afraid that I would be kind of seen as a fraud or, you know, be criticized by my peers on social media. And I think that honestly, it helped me in the long run be just to accept that we all have to start somewhere. And when you open your, this is what I just, I want to stop you on that because this is what makes you such a fantastic teacher of social media because someone who's like, I'm 42 right now. I don't want to learn from an 18 year old how to do social media because I don't understand any, I don't understand their world. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I want to learn from someone who has my same limitations, who is also camera shy, who grew up in where we weren't taking pictures of ourselves. So I don't want to have any pictures of me anywhere. I mean, I want to learn from someone who is like me so that I can then, which is why I listen to you because Mm -hmm. then that helps me in exactly what I'm working on. And, and it's usually, you know, whatever you're struggling with is typically whatever I'm struggling with. Like I stink at graphics. I do terrible graphics. Like, like that was a learning for me too, hearing you walk through it. So Mm -hmm. I, I think, yeah, it's our struggles where we get our commonalities and it's more like someone who's 10 steps ahead of you is who you want to hear from. Exactly. And I had a business coach, uh, Subi Zimmerman, and I was talking once with her and she's like, whoa, 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 wait, you, 
you started in MySpace? Like, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, you need to tell people about that. And I was like, well, I mean, like, I wasn't getting paid. And she's like, Katie, nope, I wasn't doing social media for bands. Like, you were getting paid in concert tickets. Like, having a social media job didn't exist then. And I was like, that's true. You know, so I mean, like, a lot of times it's, it's stepping into your story. And when you're willing to share your story and just step into what makes you you, that's what people are going to connect with. That's what people are going to want to do business with. And I think that that's what to help me with my mindset of, okay, I'm not like a lot, like I'm not, I'm never going to be Jasmine Starr. I'm never going to be, you know, Amy Porterfield, but I have my own journey that others are going to resonate with. And it's stepping into that mindset of what makes you, you people, people identify with, and they're going to want to do business with. And it's, it's helped me with develop a better positive mindset. I don't know, like, do you have any tips that you, that you use to kind of reframe thinking or, or if somebody is having a hard time stepping into that, that zone of having a per, a positive mindset and stepping into the fact of there's going to be people that like you and people that don't like you, but you have to embrace the journey. What, what tips would you have for some people that are still battling with their tribal mind and, you know, that negative self-talk as they're trying to find their way in this world where, you know, a digital world where anyone is available to do business with? Yes. So the tips I would on how to get into a more positive mindset, first of all, so the social media world is a very strange world in that we are essentially in our tribal brains when we're looking at it. It's a very passive scrolling situation. And so, and so you're not in your focused brain. You're not in who you really are. We really respond to social media posts from this kind of more rudimentary perspective, which is why when we see someone else's shiny success, it really is scary. It's, it, you know, it's threatening to us. Or when we see something that's like also that's threatening, we want to go into it because we're in our survival mode on social media, which is where being honest and authentic is really powerful because it, it wakes us up as we're scrolling through everything to be like, Oh my gosh, this is someone that's, this feels more like talking with a friend than it does being sold something. And that actually is what alerts us. So I think the more authentic we can get, the better. When I'm talking with people about staying in their positive mindset, especially in this social media world, it's to know that everyone is in this tribal brain. Mm -hmm. So therefore, what comments you're getting are what they're saying to themselves. So if they're saying you don't have enough Botox or, you know, you're, you're too old, you don't like you, you, you don't can't say anything, whatever it is. You know that that person is saying that to themselves like five times worse. And it's just you're getting a taste. They're essentially taking their tribal brain and spitting it out at you in a way of like what it thinks that you need to do for you to stay safe in a bizarre way, right? And so knowing that the majority of comments and criticism are coming from this automatic place can let us let go of like 95% of them because they're not really real. Yes. You know? Yes. They're not true things. And so that can help us stay in a more positive mindset to know if someone is labeling you or making a comparison or essentially just being negative, like it's automatic, dismiss it. 
And to stay in a more positive mindset, it's actually more just staying in a mindset of what do you care about? Like, how do you want to spend your days? Like the central executive network is all about, you know, being present in the moment and focusing. And so it is, if you want, you can also just shut this thing off and just stare at the color of the sky Yes, and that will get you out of that negativity. So it's not as much of like shifting from a, like, I, I didn't think I could do it and I was felt inferior. And now I feel like I'm amazing, <laughs> you know, cause no one really like the brain never really thinks that way. I mean, that's not what normal life is. It's actually more like, I'm going to go do something. Like yeah. I'm going to go work on that presentation one more time. I'm going to go work on my graphics and improve them. Like that's more where our minds naturally shift to. I love that Betsy. And I, I, for me in 2023, I had to shut down my mental capacity a bit to get in the right mindset. So, and, and not that I'm constantly on my phone, but I've, you know, I was creating a bunch of bad habits. Like I'd wake up in the morning and, you know, I'd check to see my email or I'd check my Slack messages to see if my assistant had any, you know, questions for me or, or anything. Like I was waking up and I was already working. And by having this, this busy mindset, I was always on and it was extremely draining. So one thing that, that I did for my own mental health was I've started doing sauna. Um, <laughs> and never thought I'd be a sauna person, but I saw a Facebook ad, uh, for this, you know, red light therapy sauna sessions. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'll give it a shot. It's 20 bucks for your first time. And I started doing that twice a week. And it's, it's amazing because I go in there and you can't take your phone in there, but it's 40 minutes of just shutting down the mind and turning off the, the, the constant busyness and the distractions and having to be on and do all the things. Like I can't, like I, I do, you know, grocery orders and stuff. So, I mean, like I, I was doing all of that from my phone and I was just constantly busy getting stuff done. And I can't do that when I'm in there. I can sit in there and I can relax. And it's helped me reset and give myself the grace and the peace of, of mind for, for growing and really kind of reflecting on where I'm at and where I want to go. And I think that it's important for, for my own mental health. And I think that a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we're, we're constantly trying to, to do the next thing, to grow our business. As you know, my coach said now, she's like, Katie, no one's ever going to care about your business as much as you do. And it's true. We're, we're always trying to grow and succeed and it gets extremely draining. Final question here is what advice would you have for somebody to manage their mental health and manage their mindset so that they can avoid some of the common mistakes of that I was doing where I was constantly working and working on the next thing. And I almost took it as a, like a badge of honor when people would say like, how do you have the time to do all the things you're doing, Katie? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I just, I work really hard, you know, by taking that step back. Yeah. I'm, not done with the book just yet. You know, th there's things I haven't finished just yet, but I can go to bed at night and I actually sleep through the night. And that's a huge win for me. Yeah. So there, there, there's this a huge point, especially for entrepreneurs, because like you said, we feel that we need to be working all the time or else it's not going to be good enough. And uh, there are three things. I call them the three nasties. It is stress, fatigue, and emotions. 
And these three things, when they start flaring, it literally shuts down your central executive network in your brain so that the only thing running is your is your tribal brain, is your default mode network. So this is when people choke on tests, you know, and they would totally get the answer otherwise, but they can't actually work it through. Well, it's because they're stressed and their central executive is shut down. So what they normally would use to solve whatever it is, is gone. And so then they end up failing and it is a disaster. So for bizarrely for entrepreneurs, the best thing you can do is to get the sleep, is to try limit the stress, you know, exercise and all the other wonderful things we all know we're supposed to do for stress. So like is to watch those things because the the more you have them, the more it will be impossible to get out of your tribal brain. And like, here I am the expert on the tribal brain. And I have times where it just was running and running and running. And I have to just pause and be like, okay, I know it's going. And I know there's nothing I can do about it because I know this other part of my brain is completely shut down. And so I kind of just accept it now of what it is. But for people who want to grow their businesses and want to get further and that drive, it does, it feels so honorable to go and go and go, but actually it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. And taking the time to do that other stuff will really help focus you. The other weird, creepy piece of this is that the more you focus on just walking the dog or focus on talking with your friend or whatever it is, that is actually strengthening the focus network, which then means you'll be able to focus for longer and, and more intensely, like you're building it. It's a muscle. So the less time you spend listening to your inner monologue and the more you focus on things, whether it is work or it is your outside world in a non-stressed, non-tired way, the stronger that gets, the more you will get done. So that's another thing to think about. I love that. Well, Betsy, this has been such a great conversation. Um, If people want to connect with you or uh, listen to more of you, what's the best way for people to, to get in the world of Betsy? So I am on Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, Betsy Holmberg, um, is, will pick me up either way. And you also have my website, www.betsyholmberg, B-E-T-S-Y-H-O-L-M-B-E-R-G.com. So you can get on my newsletter and I put things up there as well. So amazing. Yes. And I'll be sure to, to get on that newsletter because this is an awesome conversation. Thank you again so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for all the wonderful work you do. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.